I wait to talk until uh, the very end, right? Yes, you actually don't <laughs> talk. Uh, I forgot to write you into the script. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Res. I'm your host, Riley, and today I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Daniel. Hey. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about Wargroove. Uh, but before we get started, let me warn you that there will be plenty of spoilers throughout this episode. So if you're wanting to save the game for yourself, now's the time to go switch and listen to another one of our episodes. But with that said... Let's go ahead and dive into the episode and start off with a quick overview of Wargroove. Who made it, what it is, and what happens in the game. So, Wargroove uh, was developed by a studio called Chucklefish. They were established <laughs> in 2011. Uh, they're based in London, and they're a developer of retro-inspired games. So, think like 80s, 90s era video gaming um they're known best for their own two games wargroove and starbound uh, but they've published lots of other games uh two very notable ones being risk of rain and stardew valley so some super popular titles that they have not only created themselves but also collaborated and and helped publish neat Um, yeah so knowing that if you know those other games you can kind of see a common thread among all of them in Chucklefish. They're they're kind of retro aesthetic. They're simple uh, gameplay, but highly engaging, super fun, and somewhat deep and complex mm-hmm. uh, at points. So pretty cool studio, pretty good games. Pretty small studio, actually. It seems like they only have about 15 or 17 people that work there for oh, wow. for all the titles that they've put out. So very impressive. Um, bunch there yeah so that's who made it the game itself Wargroove is a single or multiplayer 2D turn based tactics game uh, that's a pretty specific genre but basically a turn based tactics game is kind of similar to the concept of wargaming um, there's multiple different factions uh, that mm-hmm. compete in in scenarios, and these scenarios are laid out on a grid representing a battlefield. Um, so it would be like a little map of say a village with some mountains and a stream and a forest, and that is where this this scenario takes place as a grid overlaid on top of this this map. Um, each of these factions that compete against one another have many little units, kind of akin to chess pieces, that have different attributes. So some of them are flying, some of them maybe can attack from, from range, some of them maybe have to be next to another unit to attack it, etc. Um, and they all have different strengths and weaknesses. So mm-hmm. uh, that is basically what a, a turn-based tactics game is. 2D is just that you know, you're looking at it from the top down, um, so like chess from above. Um, other popular entries in this genre are games like XCOM, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Fire Emblem. Um, but this game, Wargroove, actually shares a subgenre of this genre uh, hmm. with a very popular and for many nostalgic series called Advanced Wars, or sometimes Nintendo Wars. 
Um, oh, really? That that was an alternate name. In Japan, they just call it Wars. Um, but, like the series. Oh. Uh, because there's like Advanced Wars, and then there's like some other spinoff or like games that came before Advanced Wars, or. Okay, well, you do you, Japan. <laughs> they they always will. Um, yeah, so this is kind of in that wars uh, sub-genre of this genre of game. So it's a, in a lot of ways, it's a spiritual successor to Advanced Wars um, and was created with that intention in mind. So, mm, Gotcha. Did, did, is the genre called wars then? like in quotes or yeah it's called it's called nintendo wars is oh i i understand now i see yeah gotcha um and some features of of games that fall in this genre are not only do they have this grid not only do they have these like little units on the grid that you battle with that's every turn-based tactics game basically um but the wars subgenre have production buildings that produce mm. new units they have uh ways to conquer uh third party kind of structures that provide you more gold to use to produce units um mm-hmm. so there's kind of this little interior game loop of managing your your economy as you're also fighting the enemy and you're producing uh, more units on both sides that is different than something like a fire emblem where the characters that you're playing with in the war game scenario are permadeath characters, meaning like they're they're named people that have like individual storylines, and if they die in one of the scenarios, they're dead forever. Whereas like these units in Advanced Wars or in uh, War Groove, for the most part, are just generic. Like this is a soldier, this is a witch, this is uh, a knight. Yeah, the only special characters are like the the hero type units, right? Yes, exactly. So those are kind of like the the characters from Fire Emblem in the sense that like these are named individuals with special powers who are stronger than normal soldiers and who are also um, required to live through a mission mm-hmm. for you to complete it successfully. So your commander can't die in a scenario you would lose that scenario. Um, That's yeah. interesting. So, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily realize the difference between kind of the Advance Wars branch and mm-hmm. Fire Emblem. I remembered playing Advance Wars a long time ago, mm-hmm. and, but not ever Fire Emblem. So it always just kind of made sense to me that there should be like production of some kind like you should be able to bring in more units as your units keep falling so yeah that's that's interesting and and very significant i'm sure that that changes like completely how the games play it totally changes your strategy um and it changes like the way that you place enemies on the map if you're a game developer Mm -hmm. right because you can easily outnumber the player in a game mode where you can't bring your own reinforcements but your heroes tend to be stronger so um Mm -hmm. there's lots of different things that changes and then there's like uh, an entirely different branch which is XCOM related where like your guys aren't special you like the only way to lose a mission in XCOM is to like is to either fail the specific objective of the scenario or to have all all of your squad wiped out 
-hmm. but any of your guys in XCOM can die and you just replace them between missions. You can't replace them during a mission. Mm. So that one is like you've got generic dudes throughout. Um, so there is no like one commander guy that if they die, the game ends versus like Wargroove. It's kind of in the middle of Fire Emblem XCOM spectrum. Gotcha. Interesting. So, okay. And actually is, is different than Advanced Wars in that way as well. Um, Advanced Wars didn't have any commander units on the battlefield like you're saying. So, gotcha. So it was just a bunch. It was just a bunch of like nobodies. Yeah, like mm. you telling people where to go. You were the commander in that scenario. Yeah. So like Chucklefish's other games, this is a retro-inspired pixel art game. Um, and Wargroove is a game with several different modes. Mm-hmm. So you've got puzzle, which is a set of scenarios where you have to complete an objective with some interesting restrictions such as you have to win in one turn. Um, You've got an arcade mode where you choose a commander and you fight through five uh, preset battles on relatively small maps in sequence. Um, You've got a multiplayer mode, which are player versus player scenarios that are both locally playable as well as playable online. Um, And something that's really cool about Wargroove is it also has cross-platform play. So you can play... You can play Windows, Xbox, PlayStation, or your Nintendo Switch. All of those can play together. Um, And then there's a campaign mode, which is a story mode where you navigate around an overworld map and choose the next scenario to to play while also watching these, like, cutscenes with some character interactions. Um, But then the other really killer mode of Wargroove, in my opinion, is the scenario builder. Um, Mm. And this is why my description of the campaign is a little bit vague because there are thousands of custom user-created campaigns available to you through this like marketplace interface in Wargroove. Um, And all of them have been built by this provided scenario builder tool. So it's the same tool that they use to build the like canonical campaign that ships with the game. Um, It's it's a map editor, it's a cutscene editor, it's this game builder all-in-one package um, that you can use to make some really interesting stuff. I didn't realize that you could uh, put the maps together. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was like a campaign builder, too. That's awesome. Yeah. it's. We'll, we'll talk about that more later because there's some really cool stuff that people have built using that. Um, and I tried to mess around with it for a little bit, but I feel like... It's kind of like uh, Halo Forge and that you would open up a map and then you'd lose four hours of your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just messing around. Um, did you play this game on the Switch as well then? Yes. Yes, cool. I played it on the Switch, which was sometimes out and about. Sometimes it was on the TV. Oh, neat. How was the experience of playing the game while you were out and about? Was it just as playable as when it was on the TV? I think so. It does uh, show you less of the map, and so there's a lot more like mm. thumbing your way around. Um, I think I really, I think I preferred playing it on the TV, even though this feels ripe for like a DS type interface. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did you discover the control that the right and left bumper switch? They cycle you through your units. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. That was that was super mega helpful. Um, we'll probably get into why that was. I have some comments about that. Okay. But basically, you have a lot of units sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. So, okay. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to cover for everybody listening um, is the campaign synopsis. So, mm-hmm. like I said, Wargroove comes with a built-in campaign that is different mm-hmm. than all of the custom ones that other people have made in that it awards you these little completion stars as well as the puzzle and arcade modes. Um, so this is like the canonical storyline, quote-unquote, of Wargroove, um, which Wargroove takes place on the island continent of Arania. There are four different countries that rule parts of the continent. Uh, in the western grasslands is the peaceful and prosperous Cherrystone Kingdom. Then you have south of Cherrystone is Felheim, a harsh land where the undead and the living tenuously coexist. Ooh. Felheim is usually in anarchy, but every few decades a new warlord masters this necromantic fell gauntlet and uses it to muster an undead army to invade more hospitable areas of Arania. Then north of Cherrystone are the Florin lands, which are dominated by the murky gloom woods, where the aggressive plant-like Florins make their home. And then in the east is the seat of the Heavensong Empire, a more technologically advanced nation of inventors and artisans. Heavensong's navy is second to none and has allowed them to establish colonies and lands across the sea. So that's, that's kind of the setting of the game uh credit to wikipedia for that little section <laughs> i i i had i had up until that point believed that you wrote it i thought it was great <laughs> nope i'm just borrowing uh and I'll, i'm gonna continue to borrow with this little plot summary here so following the assassination of king merciful ii of cherry stone by the high vampire sigrid of felheim Merciful's young daughter, Mercia, is crowned queen and soon faces an invasion by the undead Felheim Legion. Despite early successes against hot-headed Felheim commander Ragna, the Legion's numbers overwhelm Cherrystone's defenses, and Valder, the lord of Felheim and wielder of the Fell Gauntlet, drives Queen Mercia and her army into retreat. Mercia's mentor, the royal mage Emric, advises her to seek aid from Empress Tenry of the Heavensong Empire. Along the way, a series of misunderstandings lead to clashes with both the Florin tribes and Heavensong, but eventually Mercia meets Tenry and is granted ships and supplies, allowing her to launch a seaborne counter-invasion of Felheim. Mercia finally confronts Valder in his fortress, but is attacked from behind by Sigrid. The vampire lets slip that she orchestrated the war by tricking Cherrystone and Felheim into thinking that each was attacking the other, then absconds with Mercia's family sword, the Cherry Blade. Sigrid's goal from the outset had been to find the key to unsealing the ancient weapon, Requiem, so that she could conquer the world, and the Cherry Blade had been that key all along. With Valder now on Mercia's side, she chases Sigrid to the dragon's castle or Dragon's Cradle Volcano, and defeats her, but it's too late to prevent the unsealing. 
Mercia and her allies advance into the volcano and battle the spirit of Elodie, the princess of Cacophony and guardian of Requiem. As Mercia defeats Elodie, she reaches out to destroy Requiem, but the screen fades to black and the credits roll. Afterward, a new level is added to the campaign map which requires 100 unlocked completion stars out of a possible 200 in the game to play. <gasps> yeah. So, secret ending. And it's it doesn't say what's in the ending on Wikipedia? Oh, it does. But you have to earn 100 of 200 completion stars, Daniel. I haven't done that. I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the ending is actually just an epilogue chapter, um, which picks up right as Mercia reaches out to touch Requiem, and she gets trapped by the weapon in this like mental battle against herself. Oh, she uh, So like an evil version of herself that she fights, which is like being possessed by the, the weapon. Um, and then when you beat her, the weapon is destroyed, and it like shatters... And then everybody has, like, a nice, happy reunion ending. Do they go to Endor with the Ewoks and they light fires and play music and light firecrackers? It's basically that, actually. Okay, good. Except yeah. instead of Endor and Ewoks, it's Cherry Stone and humans. <laughs> Sweet. So that's what happens in the campaign. That's the setting. Um, but in my opinion, this game is like less about the campaign now that I've gone through it and more about the fact that it's like a build your own turn-based tactics game. <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the, the fact that they are trying to kind of pay homage to, to games of the past, like Advance Wars, mm -hmm. like changed their their whole mission statement, if you will. They're not necessarily about like making something to, um, or to like emulate those games. What they want is to give people the tools to relive any experience that they've had themselves with those games. I feel like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it seemed to me too. Like it's basically, they're selling this like scenario campaign builder with a demo campaign included. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause like the only functional difference between the campaign that they include and custom made ones is that epilogue level that requires a hundred stars to unlock. Mm -hmm. Um, but from what I've actually seen, the custom campaigns can be much more interesting and intricate than the one that's provided. Do they tend to reuse like the characters that they created or are they able to? So it's like the bounds for creativity is still like the universe that they make. But other than that, hands free. Well, it's it's like the assets that you're given are the same. You can name the characters different things, though. Ah, uh, OK, OK. But you you have to like use the same sprites. You have to use the same voice clips. You have to use all the animations they provide. <laughs> like that's what you have to work with. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot to work with. The for for those who haven't played, um, whenever like like dialogue is on the screen, um, which by the way those 
tools that they make for designing that must be awesome because you're able to do a lot with very little. Mm -hmm. Um, But anytime that somebody speaks, it's usually text coming down at the bottom. But sometimes they've had like voice recordings of the characters saying things like, yeah, or Mm -hmm. no, or like, or like things that like help set a tone a little bit. Yeah, or like a catchphrase that they have. Yeah. Like Ragna constantly yelling, I will crush you! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do, do you, uh, did you get a chance to play any of the user-created campaigns? <laughs> the, the only one that I got a chance to play, because I actually finished the game last night, um, mm-hmm. and then played a little bit this morning in prep um was i played a campaign that was a caesar dating sim oh my gosh okay <laughs> you have to explain who caesar is so caesar is one of the 12 commanders he is a cherry stone commander um and he is a dog he's a very cute dog he's a very good boy but he only speaks in wolves in the canonical campaign so all of his like voice clips are like woof woof, right? Um, yeah. But this custom campaign was Caesar's dating sim, and it was his quest to find the person who would give him the best pets. <laughs> uh, Did, would you like fight people? No. Or- See, this is the thing. It was like very. It was one of these. Uh, instances where like the campaign that they had created was really kind of innovative compared to the one that I just played where you would have like dialogue scenes between Caesar and whoever whichever character say Mercia and she would like ask him a question and then you would go to this gameplay map and you would move Caesar into this zone for yes that zone for no and that would happen a few times in like a single little scenario and then once you finish your conversation, it would like there would be branching pathways from that level to the next level to like Whoa. new conversations. Oh my gosh. And like one of the levels has you choose between like three different people, like who you want to go with, and you have to run up and use your groove on one of them. You have to like go up and bark to one of them, like, I want to go with you. And then based <laughs> on which one you choose, a different level opens up. Just so, from the triggered by the bark. Uh huh. Wow. Um, quick side note for the listeners: the groove is uh, um, War Groove's term for like special ability for each character. Yeah. So the twelve different commanders each have their own like archetypal defining ability. Um, yeah. Caesar's is that he can bark, and then units that are in squares directly adjacent to him can move again the same turn if they've already moved yeah that's amazing yeah so that's the only one i played but i was actually browsing the subreddit earlier and saw like there's some pretty crazy ones that people have made so let me send you this daniel um you can watch this video this is not a full campaign this is just a map um, but just t- take a look at what somebody built in the map editor. So built a slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
What? There's walls set up kind of in like this desert area to just like contain this device that they've created. And the you the player will like move a character through the world to act as like a lever. And then after mm-hmm. they pull the lever, this like the machine in the background will will animate the slot uh, what are the what are the, like the turntables on the slot machine? What are those like like the, the reels? The reels uh, to spawn randomized units, and if they match or if they have a certain pattern, then you get gold. That so that was an interesting map. Here's a cutscene that somebody made using only the cutscene editor. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh yes, I saw this too. <laughs> <laughs> General Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, so people have have uh, used the campaign creator to make all sorts of interesting stuff. I saw one as well on the subreddit that was like the intro to Skyrim. Somebody made that joke in it. Um, Wait, what's the intro to Skyrim? What's up with th- that? It's like the new Rick Roll. And that's what that's what I think you're getting at is that this game lets you do anything. Yes. Anything. Any well not anything, but literally anything. You can you can do a whole lot uh with the provided campaign, cutscene, level editor tools that they give you. Um, it seems like it's most popular to obviously do that on PC, but you can still do it on the Switch. Like, I tried futzing around with it a little bit and just got a little overwhelmed because I didn't have a <laughs> mouse. It really sucked to, like, have to scroll around using a thumb pad. Yeah. Um, so, do you feel like playing the game and completing the campaign, mm-hmm. you would rather spend the rest of your time like getting more of those stars and then getting to the secret level or like playing the community content? Um, that's a good question. I feel like this game has between the puzzle mode, which is very hard and there's 25 <laughs> puzzles, uh, the, Arcade mode, which also has three levels of difficulty, easy, normal, and hard. Um, And then the campaign mode, both built in and community created. Like, there's so much to do that, like, I could see myself having various moods that I'd want to approach this game from. So, you might... at you. I guess just given time, you'll complete everything is what you're saying. I don't know that, like, I will, right? Because there's always going to be other stuff to go do. And I don't know if this is the game I want to pour, you know, 300 hours into. But, like, it's a game that you could conceivably be like, ah, yeah, I want to spend some time just working out these puzzles and playing those through. Or you could be like, ah, I want to look for a really cool custom campaign. Or I want to make my own cool custom campaign. Yeah. Um, there's like other games that they've recreated in the the Wargroove custom campaign editor, one of them being Advanced Wars. The whole thing. 
So they like have remade all of the Advanced Wars maps and like given you the same units and put the buildings in the same spots and and that kind of stuff. So it's it's definitely like this treasure trove of replayability, um, which is really interesting for a turn-based tactics game to have. I guess clarify interesting is in like do you do you think that it fits? Totally. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I've never seen another one do it. Gotcha. I see. I see. I feel like it. It almost is like a Super Mario Maker, in that mm-hmm. like, it's it's just a simple enough like set of rules that you could play under, yeah. and that, and and people can wrap their head around the tools to to make them, but because there's enough assets and enough creative people you can have like endless possibilities. Yeah, exactly. And I think Advanced Wars, one of the Advanced Wars games had uh, a level editor that it came with so you could like make your own levels. But I, what it was missing, obviously, because it was on the Game Boy Advance, was that network connectivity, the cross-play, the multiplayer aspect. It didn't have any of that. Right. Yeah. So... Wargroove adds all of those into the mix here. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Well, um, just to get out of the way really quick, um, mm-hmm. I actually didn't finish the game. <laughs> yeah. How far did you get? I'm in Act 4 right now. Okay. So you're over halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the main reason, aside from procrastinating for a little bit, was that as soon as, like, I was back on track, I started to realize that the campaign levels could, like, Mm -hmm. take some time to get through. Um, For some context for the listeners, I don't know if you had this experience, but uh, especially if you failed a mission and you need to redo it, it could be over an hour just like going through a couple dozen turns to to finally get to the end which is which is good it just takes time yeah um so i i kind of like you put forth some of that time this last week towards also looking at like the multiplayer mode uh and some of the 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 other uh, features of the game just that way i could get like a little bit of experience with those too Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just like talk exclusively about the campaign, um, mm-hmm. and those were fun. I really, really liked uh, uh, doing the multiplayer. I was only playing against the AIs, but I think that at some point I'm going to psych myself up to play against a real person, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be like a whole other level because the AIs are they're not, okay. They're okay. They're not bad. Yeah. By any stretch. Um, what difficulty did you play the campaign on? Do you know? Uh, the default. Which so I think the is default, the highest. It's one down from the highest. Oh, okay. um, it's hard mode, which is pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I think that the flavor text they use is, quote, the way Wargroove was meant to be played or something. Yeah. So I was like, sign me up. my my little secret is i did that mode for like the first three acts 
And then when last night came around, or Friday night came around, and I realized, like, oh, I got to record this episode soon. Yeah. Uh, I bumped it down to normal, which... Yeah. The way that it works is, like, they have also a custom difficulty option where you can like change how much damage you receive how much damage you do and then like how much income you make per turn and you can like freely adjust those which is kind of cool um so these different difficulties are like presets on those sliders and then you earn like more or less stars for those things anyway i just bumped myself down to normal mode and it was like night and day how much easier (laughs) normal mode was than easy or than than hard mode and there wasn't even that much different about it, it was like you get slightly more gold per turn and you take slightly less damage per turn but that mm-hmm. was enough to like make your commanders like these indestructible <laughs> powerhouses that can just stomp through enemy units um but i did that because exactly like you're saying it can take like an hour and a half to play one campaign level yeah yeah that's because a lot of them are about like dismantling some advantage that the ai is provided mm-hmm. and then once you've done that like steamrolling with with the full might of cherry stone or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, that's not to say that the scenarios weren't interesting because that's like the nut that you have to crack basically right but i feel like the what people need to understand about the game is that especially in the campaign it's about like economics a little bit more than tactics in some situations basically once you've like knocked out the ability of the other um or of the ai to like raise an army to fight mm-hmm. you then you're you're golden there were a couple exactly. exceptions to that, uh, which are levels that I actually really liked. Uh-huh. Um, but most of the time, like you just break their back and then you're good. Yeah, that's something I noticed as well. Is like, so you've got your production facilities that make the units, but then you also have like little villages around the map that provide you gold per turn if you capture them. So you have some, and then the enemy has some. Uh, and like Daniel's saying, if you spend enough time basically dismantling all the enemy villages and whittling down their forces, you get to the point where it's just a numbers game and you have so many more units that like you don't even have to play carefully. You can just throw dudes into the meat grinder yeah, <laughs> and overwhelm the enemy. That's definitely one style of play. Um, and that's a style I found myself using a whole lot because of the whole like if i mess this up it's going to be another 45 minutes or hour to get back to this point yes so it like it's this this kind of uh flywheel effect that incentivizes you to spend more time so that way you don't spend more time yeah (laughs) um whereas like if you maybe there's like a more risky but calculated strategy that can put you within the victory condition in half as much time but if you mess it up you have to try again Mm -hmm. so something though that they recently added 
I don't know when you bought the game, uh, but in the last few months there had been a patch that I'm I'm also not sure if you downloaded. Do I have to like manually download patches on the Switch? Not, I don't think so. Okay. But sometimes my I don't turn mine on for a while. Oh, okay. Uh, they added this like I don't know if you can see this here, the save checkpoint feature to campaign maps. How did I not Which, notice this? <laughs> I didn't notice this either. I played through the entire campaign and and a few times uh lost a battle after having been in it for over an hour. Yeah. And was so pissed off only to learn today while I was researching more about the game that there is a way you can save a checkpoint and if you die you can retry from the checkpoint. That's way better. Yeah. Because I think it would encourage the player to do a little bit more, like, riskier plays, which would be, like, more interesting than just the World War One meat grinder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, since you still have half the game to play, it might be a salient fact for you to know. <laughs> that's excellent information. I will definitely be using that for some more... <laughs> some more levels mm -hmm. I think that um, like uh, the level where what is it act 3 mission 3 do you remember that one that was where uh, Mercia was fleeing from the Felheim hordes oh yeah uh huh is, is my favorite so far, don't get me wrong, but I definitely would have used that because you have to snake your way across the whole map. Yeah. And unlike a lot of other levels, the enemies are, like, popping into existence, so there's mm -hmm. no way to take out their production. It's coming no matter what. Yeah. Um, which made it very frantic, but it was one where I definitely failed about 45 minutes in, and I was like, I'm going to have to come back tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that is so demoralizing. Yeah. Um, on that level, this gets into some some more nitty-gritty discussion that I did want to have with you about tactics and strategy and how you're actually playing the game. Yeah. What was your approach to that level? Um, I needed Mercia to be moving almost every turn. That was central to everything. Um, uh -huh. And... After playing it through and failing the first time, you kind of, you get an idea of what the waves are going to be like. Uh-huh. And then it's about, like, kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, the military term for this, but, like, whenever, whenever like, SWAT teams are, like, storming some building or something, they've already mm -hmm. got, like, their plan in place, so they've got, like, dudes moving to specific doors to, like, yeah. bang them down and stuff. It was kind of right. like that, where, like, I knew that, like... I had to get my alchemists over here to mm -hmm. make sure that the harpies wouldn't come and like kill the shit out of Mercia or yeah. like I need to be sending in, I call them jet fighters. Do you remember the, what, what's the, <laughs> what's the air unit? That's like the witch on a broomstick. Yeah. You have to make sure you have your jet fighters in at the right part to kill their dragons and uh -huh. their, uh, and their harpies their and harpies. things. Yeah. Um, that's basically what it came down to. Mercia could only use her ability and like attack very few things. And uh -huh. then it was all about positioning from there on mm. out. Okay. 
See, that's did, did interesting you... to to learn, because um, like this game is so intricate mm-hmm. to play. Like, there's over twenty different unit types when you include the the commanders, and many of them, not even the commanders, have special abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so like alchemists can spend some gold to heal people in an area. Witches can spend some gold to hex people in an area. Um, so you have like all these different units. You've got gold management. You've got weather management. There's a combat triangle. There's first strike advantage. There's critical hits. Every unit has weaknesses. There's different yep. terrain types. Uh, you can reinforce units at buildings and like steal building health for gold to reinforce your own unit's strength. Like your damage output on a unit is proportional to its health. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like so many little micro decisions that you're making while you're playing the game because like there's all these different layers of information you're operating on. Um, so I feel like you can approach the same mission so many different ways. Yes. Yes. Did you did you do this? Just quick side question on the on the health effectiveness. Mm-hmm point Mm -hmm. did you leave some units alive so that way they would take up space and thus like more powerful fully healthed units wouldn't come in and like hit you harder than the weaker ones would oh uh no i don't think i ever did that basically because I i think i see what you're saying so like if you've got imagine a hallway where there's only Mm -hmm. one square in front of you and you've got a dude with one health who's attacking you, which means he's going to do basically no damage, and then a fully mm-hmm. health guy right behind him should you leave the one health guy alive, so that way mm-hmm. the fully health guy can't move up a space and then attack you. Um, I feel like I rarely did that, because in the occasions that I did, the AI would just move their one health guy back and bring the fully health guy forward to hit me. I had uh, there's a couple times where it's not even just one tile wide, but more like two or three. So it's like a like a long mm-hmm. isthmus. Yeah. And for a lot of those, even those maneuvers, if they had enough dudes, would would be like either it would it would decrease the effectiveness of the army as a whole because they're moving people around, mm-hmm. or they would just leave them there, or like mm-hmm. the AI just wouldn't be able to handle it. Hmm. Um, I really enjoyed uh, exploiting that though. Yeah, a lot. I feel like you can't do it all the time too, which I think is 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 yeah. Back to that intricate, like the fact that it's an intricate game. Uh-huh. You can't just do that every time. Right. Sometimes, like you were saying, the units would um, would actually path out of the way correctly, and you kind of have to judge whether or not you think that's going to happen, mm-hmm. or um, the they might even come in with something that you wouldn't expect for them to. Yeah. Like something that's pretty fast moving, like a dragon or a harpy or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you have to like weigh all of that and whether or not it's that particular tactic is going to work where you are. Yeah. I've also seen instances where like if I leave that one health guy alone, he will just attack me for some chip damage and kill himself and free up the space. Yes. Yes. They would do that too. (laughs) Um, but I have employed the reverse strategy to that, which is if I have a guy who's at one health, rather than like attacking with him and suiciding him into a stronger enemy, I'll just put him in the way of a stronger enemy 
so I can like get yes. by or I can like area manage the enemy into a certain space that I want them in. And that is very effective because they have to attack you. And then if they attack, they can't move anymore. Precisely. Yeah. That I got to do that a couple times too. I liked, I liked, I liked zoning people out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that three, three level you're talking about is kind of interesting. Cause it's one of the first levels I think where you're actually controlling two commanders. Yes. Yes. That was cool too. Um, so you've got Mercia on one end of this giant like S curve level, and then on the other end, you've got what's her name, Nuru. Yeah, Nuru. Yeah, uh, and she's like basically trying to get Mercia over to that end of the S curve. Um, one strategy that I ended up employing, and I think I was still playing on hard mode at that time, was using a wagon train to like ship Mercia across the map super quickly. Oh. Yeah. So, and and you can combine that with Nuru's ability. So what I did at the very start of that level was put Nuru in a wagon, take that wagon down <laughs> to the bottom of the S, pop her out, have her go up a little bit and fight some guys to get her groove because it's a teleport beam. So you can beam in a unit right next to you for some extra mm-hmm. gold. And then... I took her out and beamed in a wagon and then took that wagon (laughs) (laughs) further up the S-curve. So Mercia hops in the first wagon, rides it, hops out, hops in the second wagon, rides it, hops out. So you can do that mission in like seven turns. That's crazy. I never even like fathom doing something like that. I I feel kind of bad. I wasn't... I feel like a like a general that just like is behind the times and doesn't understand these new fan these newfangled wagons. Mm. I could never apply them effectively, but that's like the perfect use. Yeah, you have to clear out some dudes on like the bridge in the very middle of the map. Mm-hmm. But after that, you could you should just be able to just zoom me away. Yeah, exactly. That's a good that's a good strat. So, uh, I one of the things I went and did this morning was look at like some pvp videos of this game and the meta for pvp and wargroove is you only make like spearmen wagons and catapults and that seems to be like the entire (laughs) army composition (laughs) and you just have these wagon trains that are ferrying spearmen from your production facilities out to the front lines Mm. and you make like a just a meat shield like a wave of guys (laughs) that are constantly just at your enemy's doorstep and spearmen are not that bad. Like they're okay. They, they, yeah. they're, they're, they're good cost. They have actual like um, bonuses against people on like mm-hmm. the the footmen mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. Just the soldiers, swordsmen. Yeah. Um. And 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 they have bonuses associated with being in large groups. So that totally yeah. makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. So the wagon seems like it's a tool that is very powerful uh, Mm -hmm. when used appropriately. Did you watch anything or play anything with the naval warfare? Um, So a lot of the levels later on in the game involve the naval warfare. Um, Okay, good. That's good. Yeah, which I was going to actually ask you if you had a favorite like style 
of of play. It sounds like you're still mostly in the land lock sections, though. I am, but I did some multiplayer games that were naval mm. only or even naval uh, like dependent, mm-hmm. and those are those are really really fun. Yeah. Um, I love how hard hitting it is. Yeah. Like the the land units especially with like trees and mountains and stuff mm-hmm. you can tank a lot mm-hmm. but if you fuck up with your uh um with your placement of your ships yep. and like some turtle comes in oh your yeah warships go very expensive they just go away yeah and that is a really interesting thing about this game is that like a 400 gold unit can one shot a 900 gold unit mm-hmm. in the right circumstance Yep. Um, so you have to like, even if you're investing heavily in these like really powerful units, you still have to keep them very safe because they're vulnerable. Yeah. I pretty much always had to keep, like I would build up my warships slowly over the course of the game, but I would have to have harpoon ships and other uh, turtle ships in place to try to like keep the en- like the enemy player in check mm-hmm. the whole time. One of the other ways, just while we're on the topic of how long each level takes, <laughs> yeah. one of the, the other few things that I did to try and speed it up was I turned off like all the combat animations. Um, mm, you can do that? Yeah. So that's a setting you can change where basically like I stripped the game down. So normally like whenever two units engage, there's like a little battle that'll play out in front of you where it shows the the dragon breathing fire on the guys on the ground and they run away. Um, you can turn all that off and turn it basically into just like a chess game where you're just moving mm-hmm. pieces and attacking and then moving more pieces. And I would, I think I should probably turn that on for the campaign. Although the animations are very nice. They're, They're cool. very nice. The pixel art in this game is amazing. As as well as the pixel art itself, the UI design is like mm-hmm. it's a masterclass example of good UI for something this complicated. Like yeah. you've got all those factors going on under the hood, but it's never overwhelming. Like it's never mm-hmm. presented in an overwhelming manner. It's all very straightforward to consume. Yeah, the you mentioned that like some units have weaknesses or like um, the opposite of a weakness. They're good against other things. Yeah, um, I think it does like a really good job of like showing you the very basic version of that, which is just like the symbols. But it's so easy to like get a little bit more info if you need to know like exactly how good it is. Mm-hmm. You can press Y on the switch, and it'll show you even the expected percentage that you would do a hit against. Oh yeah, uh, the unit. So yeah. it's it's even. I I liked that part particularly. Yeah, and I turned all of those options on as well. So like every attack, it would show not only the average damage you'd expect, but the damage range. So you could say like this will do anywhere from nineteen to forty three percent damage. In mm. this situation, and it's there's so many things that seem to affect that right, like for for ranged units. If it's windy out, you'll do less damage mm. because you're not as accurate in the wind, right? Stuff like that. What if I'm upwind? Oh, well, you're less accurate because oh, <laughs> you're overestimating. I don't know. <laughs> I 
I feel a little bit bad because I wasn't thinking about the weather probably as much as maybe the designers would like me to. I wasn't either. Um, I could I could tell like a couple things like I didn't pick up on that, but for like the 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 naval combat, I saw that if it was windy or or rainy or just regular sunny, kind of affected the range at which your ships could travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of thing, like. I, I at least was able to notice, but like a lot of times I was just like to arms and yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. What we must go on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think that like, that is the difference between if you just want to play through the game and have a good time and enjoy it, which is, is awesome and fun versus there's mm-hmm. like challenge ratings that each level gives. So you can earn one to three stars and you can earn like ranks on the missions and sometimes mm-hmm. to get these like S rank achievements on the hardest difficulty, you do have to, I think, pay attention to like, what is the weather? Am I going from a deep ocean tile to a shallow ocean tile? Do I want to reinforce from this village or that village? Like yep. these smaller decisions add up more quickly if you're trying to say beat somebody in 18 turns versus 26. For a game called Wargroove, did the music stand out to you at all? What do you think of the music? Uh, it stood out. I know that like I could I could sense myself paying attention to it a little bit less after a while, um, and it did loop like you could tell. Mm-hmm. But I did think that like the themes were distinct. I enjoyed some of them. Heaven songs are great. Yeah. Um, as is uh, I can't remember if each individual person has like their own song or not, but. Mm-hmm. Either do. all of Cherry... St- oh, they do? Okay, then some of Cherry Stones was good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, did, how, how did, did you like it? Did you feel like it, 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 made, like it added to the atmosphere? Yeah, I did. Um, I feel like it didn't distract me, which is a good thing. Um, especially whenever you're like... You're playing these games that last, you know, an hour and a half long and you're really thinking about every decision you're making. It's like you don't want music that's going to be in your face. Um, yeah. So I did feel like they were good backing tracks to like think to. But yeah. I don't know why they chose to call it War Groove. Honestly, like <laughs> the so the final weapon Requiem, this like thing that everybody's trying to get to that can its special ability is it can convert other soldiers to your side oh yeah so it's like very very strong um it is a cello oh that's kind of cool yeah but it's also like there's been really no other musical themes throughout the entire game other than the fact that the final weapon is some cello and that you have war grooves like so yeah what was what was the the ancient civilization that made requiem what was that one called again um let's see princess of cacophony cacophony yeah so like i think that the old storyline had some musical terms in it there was like a story that happened you know a thousand years before this one in the same place and that's where the weapon was created and then sealed away but like in the experience of playing Wargroove itself, there's not really many musical themes 
musical overtones, if you will. Bravo. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it, it was like... I don't know. It, it wasn't... I'm not going to say it was immersion-breaking that, like, we are we are warriors of Cherry Stone. We must go fight the evil Felheim. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we will use our groove. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that it was, like, really that bad. But, uh-huh. like, it, it was... It, it definitely made it feel like, oh, this is just, like, a fun campaign. Not, like, yeah. a serious one. Yeah, it is. Also, there are, there are turtle men. Right. So. And plant boys. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's definitely not a serious experience. It is totally cotton candy for fun, enjoyable, like everything works out in the end. Happy game. Man, did you have any other like major thoughts that you had? Or did you have like a, a, a any part of the game that stood out to you? Puzzle, level, anything like that? Yeah, I felt like they did a good job with the with the campaign. It's like a seven act structure, three levels per act with some side missions that you can optionally go do. So it's about 21 levels that you play through <laughs> on the campaign. And each one is interesting in its own way. Um, I felt <laughs> like by the end, like they had really built you up to being able to use land sea and air on these giant battlefields and like managing really complex armies and like unit supply chains and defeating enemies Mm -hmm. in interesting ways um with some really interesting restrictions sometimes so like i thought that they did a great job and then they ended the campaign right where i thought they should end it like you didn't have to play Mm -hmm. 10 levels of the really complex stuff it was just like three or four to show yourself like, oh, I can do it. I figured it out. I can play the game. <laughs> and then and then that's it. Like it ends. Uh, so I felt like it was a good um, complexity curve throughout. Um, yeah. And the mission that stood out to me the most probably is the penultimate mission where you're going to fight mm. Princess Elodie. Um yeah, there's like 40 enemy units on this map, 45 enemy units. Oh, geez. And you are controlling like the seven, seven of the commanders that you like have met throughout the game. And that's it. Wait, what? Yeah. And if any one of them dies, you lose the level. So it's kind of like a fire emblem level. There's no reinforcements. You only have these like individual named characters that can't go down or you have to restart wow. and they have to take on this entire force and Elodie's um, her groove is that she can take one of your guys for a turn and and flip them so uh, yeah no. <laughs> like the turn before there'll be like a voice line where like Mercia will be like oh no I can hear the music in my head and that means next turn she's gonna be flipped so you have to like it's this really interesting um, dynamic of trying to keep all of your guys clumped together so that way they don't get surrounded. But then the person who is going to get flipped next turn, you want to like push them as far away as they can go so that way they can't do anything to like harm you on their turn. 
Wow. It also, I feel like, would be a whole thing to juggle the grooves. Mm-hmm. Since you got to probably use all of them. Yes. But you can't, like, you can't get somebody so low that they're at risk of dying. Mm-hmm. But you also can't get to the grooves unless you have them attacking. Because they yeah. have to, like, build up their, their whatever. Exactly. They're, like, their groove bar. I don't think they told us what that's called. <laughs> I don't remember. Energy meter? I don't know, something. But, yeah, it was a really interesting, complicated mission that, like, definitely you'll want to use the checkpoint feature on that one. <laughs> I plan to now. Yeah. I have learned. I have ascended. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably my favorite mission. Did you have a, a commander that you liked more than any others that you found yourself oh. playing more in those little PvP experiments you did? Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, who was Lord of the Forest? Sedge? Um, or the other guy? The king. Sedge, I think, is the is the like bandit from uh from the uh the woods people. Mm. There's like a there's like a king figure. I'm just blanking on his name right now. But his ability I really, really like. Uh, it lets you choose tiles mm-hmm. with which to sprout up um, branches. Oh, yeah. That I really like that one. It's a, I, I, I often go for utility type mm-hmm. um, abilities like that um, because I was able to use it many times to like help complete some very crucial part of some like movement mm, green finger by like shield green finger yes green finger by like shielding off uh where the enemies would come from and could potentially deal damage mm-hmm. um i i liked i liked pretty much all of them though um they 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 were all quite unique um uh and it was it they were refreshing to play as yeah i don't know I mean, they had a dog for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, they they were all over the place. A dog that inspires you to do your best. That's right. One thing that I I thought was kind of cute that I just want to mention for the listeners about the dogs. By the way, there is a class of of unit uh, that are like dogs that you can like fight with. Uh-huh. They have like they're pretty fast. Um, they're fairly cheap. They travel over terrain well, um, mm-hmm. and they have like a couple things they're good against. But my favorite thing about them is that unlike any other unit in the entire game, they don't die. Oh yes, yeah, they run away. They, they only run away. <laughs> yeah, they don't kill the dogs. This is a very cute, like little n- nice touch they added to it that I appreciated. Uh huh. Yeah, I no, I think it's the right call. I don't think you want to kill a dog in a video game. The internet doesn't like that. Uh, we did have a Reddit comment um, from user Souljavet asking, why Wargroove? Um, I hope that the previous hour and a half has been sufficient to answer <laughs> uh, your question. Thanks for asking. Um yeah, so unless you have anything else, I'm I'm ready to 
wrap it up on on this game yeah the only other thing that i'll say about wargroove maybe to help summarize first soldier who asked a very very good question Mm -hmm. is um wargroove is a great game to play kind of anywhere especially on the switch Mm -hmm. when you just want like to control a little army Mm -hmm. if you just want to fight with a couple units and you don't want to have the time investment for something like a larger strategy game and you don't want it to be too stressful because you could always like leave your turn where it is and just come back later Mm -hmm. um that's kind of what it is to me yeah um really cute fun game i liked it a lot yeah easy to just pick up and play it's a games game there's no pretensions about it it doesn't claim to be anything it's not which is nice it's very much a toy and a video game Mm -hmm. at the same time so what would you give it on the daniel scale i actually didn't think about this ahead of time Mm. so i need to synthesize everything that i have thought you know what i was thinking of five but i'm gonna give it a six and here's why Ooh. i think that um your example about the update that they put out Mm -hmm. for like being able to save your changes or like save a checkpoint Mm -hmm. plus some other things that i know that they added later yeah in updates yeah I think I give this game bonus points for the fact that the devs seem to be really quite involved with the game even after its release. Yeah. And there's a very good chance that it's going to continue to get um, quality of life fixes mm-hmm. in the future um, or even new content from the devs. Yeah. So I'm going to give that a six. I think it's a real solid game. Some flaws, um, but everything else is really quite fun. I liked it. Six. Nice. Wow. Okay. So not to sound like a copycat, I also would put this game at a six um, for very similar reasons, actually. I think it's a really, really well-crafted game. Um, Mm -hmm. The only, like, it's the kind of game that you can only get by pouring a lot of love and care into its creation. It shows on a lot of different levels. Um Mm-hmm. It's a very intricate game. It's got a ton of replayability. It's got a high skill ceiling. Um, I think that the scenario builder and the fact that there's 12 different commanders means that you can keep coming back to this game over and over for different experiences. Um, and like you mm-hmm. said, I think there are a few problems with the game. Like One of my biggest problems, for example, is I feel like the default difficulty is actually too high. Um, hmm. But it's it's very finicky, right? Because like just switching it down to normal made the game almost not trivial, but much easier. Yeah. So there's there's probably some butter zone in between, but and I and I don't think it's like way too hard. I just think it gets a little less fun and a little bit more grindy in some of the later missions. Uh, but like you said, the fact that they added this quality of life fix with the checkpoint 
uh, after release um, is like a, a good sign that people are taking care of the game that they put out there. So I feel like also as you play the game, like the you'll want to put the difficulty higher and higher just because you get better at it. So I would definitely recommend this game. I feel like you often pick the same score that I do, but also you ask me first more often. Mm. So that's just bound to happen. Yeah. I already had it written down. I wrote it down I'm, hours ago. Uh, I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a wrap on Wargroove from my point of view. It's good game. GG. Good GG. game. Good game. I'll, I'll see you on the battlefield, buddy. <laughs> I I actually do want to play you at some point. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> we haven't had a friendship ending scenario in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, we need to spice it up. <laughs> oh, wait. No, we did. I forget. We played A, a Way Out. Yeah, that didn't. No, that no, was I'm, fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a ton of fun. I survived. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) listener uh go back and listen to that episode you'll you'll be the judge of uh whether we're still friends whether we're still friends (laughs) (laughs) okay well good so what do you have for us uh for the next episode daniel for our next episode i want for us to watch a TV show. Okay. And come back. Don't worry. It's just a mini series. Uh-huh. But it's perhaps one of the greatest mini series that has ever existed. Band of Brothers? Yes. <laughs> that is a great mini series. Ooh. Didn't we watch Band of Brothers together? We might have. I've seen it so many times. I just wanted to see it again and talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch Band of Brothers again. Sweet. Make it so. Okay. I'll, I'll go find the Band of Brothers. You know what this gives me an excuse to do? What? Buy a tin with the Blu-rays in it. That's what I was also gonna do. I can write it off now an expense it's a you know i have to do this you have to yes Yes. i'm not just buying band of brothers to watch band of brothers no 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 that's my job job. oh yeah oh whoops (laughs) sick so um when this episode goes up we'll post up a thread to tell all of you guys about it be sure to Leave your comments about the series uh, and questions for us to get our perspective. Uh, And we really look forward to talking to each other and to you guys about Band of Brothers in the next episode. Cool. Yeah. Like Daniel said, rescast.reddit.com. Or leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Let us know what you think. So thanks, Daniel, for talking about Wargroove, playing Wargroove. Uh, No problem, man. No problem. No problem, man. No problem. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. See you guys next time.